Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. Cultivating a life of faith. Tell your neighbor, you got to have faith. you got to have faith. Now, more than ever, you got to have faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, as seen in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1. And, and we know that, uh, that the impact of faith in our lives is revolutionary in bringing about the fulfillment of God's plan, of His promise, of His purposes in our lives. And so I want to share with you this an incredible um, experience that the disciples had with Jesus. And it comes in this passage of Scripture, Matthew 28, 18 through 22. Matthew 21, 18 through 22. It says, early in the morning as Jesus was on His way back to the city, He was hungry. How many of you are hungry right now? Praise the Lord. Me too. How many of you skipped breakfast this morning? Yeah, me too. Yeah, so we're ready. Amen. We're hungry. Jesus got up. He was headed back into the city. He was hungry. There's not very many times that I'm not hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately, the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. Jesus replied, truly, I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but you can also say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and for your presence. God, we thank you for the freedom and the privilege that we have to gather in this place, in person, online today as the family of God to worship you and to spend time in your presence. We just ask the Holy Spirit right now, as we dive into your word, that you would speak to our hearts, bringing the revelation, the truth of what we need today like never before. God, I pray in this room, in living rooms, and and workplaces, and vehicles of every person that's joining us today, I pray that your presence, Lord, would be the most uh, the most noticed thing. That God, we would experience your love today. That we would experience God your truth today. That your word would come alive. That Lord, this morning the lost would be saved, that the sick would be healed, that the bound would be set free. We pray for salvation today. We believe for salvation today. We pray for healing today and believe for healing today. We pray, God, for hope to be restored today, for life to be renewed today. In Jesus' name, God, have your way, we pray. Amen and amen. Cultivating a life of faith. I love this experience that the disciples have with Jesus. And and there's some really incredible lessons in this, revelations in this, that God shares with us about about cultivating a life of faith. As a believer, uh, God has called us to walk by, to live by faith. God has called us to walk by and to live by faith. To believe in God, to believe in Jesus requires faith. To be a follower, a disciple of Jesus, to be all in with Him requires faith. There's no no, uh, halfway faith. You're either all in or you're all out. Tell your neighbor, you're either all in or you're all out. Because if you have faith and do not doubt, it opens up the door for God to do the miraculous in our lives and in the lives of those around us. 
when we live and walk by faith, what happens in our lives is our eyes are not fixed on this world, on our problems, on our seasons, on our difficulties. Our eyes are fixed on heaven. And like we sang in that song this morning, we receive God's vision and begin to see what God is doing behind the scenes as he orchestrates and fulfills his plan, his word, and his promises in our lives. We get to see how God is redeeming, how God is restoring, how God is fulfilling his purposes in our lives. Now more than ever, we need a church, and especially in the United States of America, that is living by faith. We need a church that is walking by faith. We need a church, we as the body of Christ now more than ever, need to be walking in the measure of faith that we have in Jesus and a level of faith that we have in God to be available for however, whenever, and whatever God wants to do in our lives. I I go back to Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, one of my favorite post-outpouring of the Holy Spirit encounters, and it's Peter and John on their way to the temple to pray, and they get to the temple gate beautiful and there's a lame man there begging and Peter and John's response is when he asked them for when he asked them for money is you know what silver or gold I don't have but what I do have I'll give to you in the name of Jesus friends if we have Jesus we have everything I said if we have Jesus we have everything Because there's nothing in or out of this world that can separate us from his love and from the promise of what we have in him. So we may face trials and difficulties and we may have storms and hard seasons, but I'm thankful this morning to know that no matter what comes, I'm spending eternity with him. That no matter what comes, the enemy will be defeated. That no matter what comes, he will reign eternally and he will fulfill his word and his promises. And to know that gets me excited to be considered and to be called a child of God. Amen? A life full of faith is a life that is fixated not on what the world says, not on what I say, not on what people say, not on what my circumstances say, but what on the Word of God and the Holy Spirit say about my life and about my situation. It gives me the authority through the Holy Spirit to be able to speak and to be able to pray and to be able to do what God has called me to do. Jesus said it in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. God did not call you and I to be witnesses on our own ability. Tell your neighbor, don't do it alone. Tell your neighbor, don't do it alone. You know, so many times in life, the enemy tries to convince us that we are doing this thing called life on our own. But if you've said yes to Jesus and the love that God has for you, you and I are not powerless people. You and I are not ill-equipped people. We have been empowered and equipped with the Holy Spirit of God to be His hands, His feet, His mouth in this world to see His kingdom come and His will being done. Now more than ever, I believe that it is time for us as the church to rise up and to begin living, living working, walking, praying, declaring in faith what God has said and what we believe God can do in the middle of our situations, in the middle of our circumstances. Jesus walks up to this fig tree by the road, and when he gets up to it and he finds nothing on it except leaves, he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. The, uh, the importance of, of the lesson that Jesus gives is, is the key to, to living, truly living by faith and experiencing the blessing and the hope of what God has established for those of us who will cultivate faith in our lives and in our walk with the Lord. Tell your neighbor, you've got to cultivate faith. 
Faith is, faith, is, uh, faith is one of the most crucial things to give us access to the, to the authority and to the power of the Holy Spirit to see the fulfillment of God's Word and God's promises in our lives. When we lose faith, ultimately what happens is we are losing sight of what God is saying, what God is doing, what God's Word says about our situation and about our circumstances. It's the moment that we begin building our lives on the, on the unstable foundation that Jesus warned about when he gave the example of building our lives on the rock or based upon those who listen to his word and apply his word. James reminds us not to just be hearers of the word, but to be doers also. So when it comes to living a life of faith, it doesn't mean that I said yes to Jesus one time. I wasn't very loud in here if you're at home. It was a kind of a soft response. I had a couple of people. Cultivating a life of faith isn't just about one time saying yes to Jesus and then putting our faith walk with God, our relationship with God on autopilot. Any person, any person in this room knows that if you put a relationship on autopilot, that relationship dies. When we look at, when we look at the, the depth of relationship that God intends for us to have with Him, it, it's, it's, it could be closely resembled to that of a marriage. A marriage that is healthy and that thrives is a marriage when two people have committed to cultivating a life of intimacy together, of loving and serving one another, and continually growing and being committed to what God has said in His Word is the purpose and the intention of marriage. The same same is true in our relationship with God. It is a continual thing, a continual communion with God. It's why we, it's why I talk about so often about us having time with the Lord every single day, about spending time in prayer and spending time in worship and spending time in the Word. Why? Because this world is a struggle. I don't know if you've got problems, but I do. Amen. This world is a struggle, and there are times where I can get so overwhelmed by what's happening in my life and what's taking place in my life and the stress and the worry and the uncertainty of what I'm facing that if I'm not careful, I'll begin responding and reacting to those things in a way as if they are the controlling forces or factors of my life. I don't serve my problems. As the body of Christ, we have to understand we do not serve our problems, we do not serve our seasons, we do not serve our work. We are not called to be enslaved to fear. Jesus said it in 1 John chapter 4. He came to set us free from that. If we're not walking by faith, if we're not cultivating a life of faith, we are ultimately cultivating a life of fear. God has not called us to walk in fear. He's called us to walk by faith, to, to speak to the situations, to the moments, to the circumstances of our life, and to see the transformation happen. Faith is cultivated through prayer. Faith is cultivated through the revelation of the Word of God, of standing firm on His promise and declaring what His Word says. I love what Proverbs chapter 18, verses 20 through 22 says. It says, From the fruit of their mouth a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips they are satisfied. I find that so interesting that when Jesus was hungry, he walked up to the fig tree, and when he saw that it didn't have any fruit, he spoke what he said to it. 
And then in verse 20, you see, from the fruit of the mouth, a person's stomach is filled with the harvest of their lips. They are satisfied. What Jesus was teaching the disciples in this moment was the power of what happens when they walk by faith instead of responding in fear. Most of us, when we find ourselves in a season or a situation where, where we're, not, we're not getting the, the resource or the provision that we need, fear sets in and immediately captivates us uh, with worry and with, with anxiety and ultimately with angst ultimately challenging us from walking in the faith and walking in the hope and walking in the truth of what God has said. He goes on in verse 21 and says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And then I threw verse 22 in there just because I'm excited to get married in 61 days. It says, He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. That has nothing to do with my message. I'm just ready to get married. Amen? I found a wife. Hallelujah. Amen? And I'm excited about it. I read that, and I was like, well, of course, we have to put that verse in there. 61 days, the countdown started, May the 22nd. We're getting married in California, if you didn't hear. We're getting married in California. There where her family is, and uh, we're going to come back. And the last Saturday of June, I believe it's June the 26th, the last Saturday of June, we're going to have a reception so we can celebrate with our church family and with all of our friends that are here and and to be able to uh, celebrate this awesome, awesome occasion, this awesome moment. But uh, I'm excited about what God has. It's an answer to a prayer in my life for many, many years, and the prayers of many who have prayed with me, and uh, thankful for a church family that's loved and supported me all these years. And if you thought I've needed help, well, good news, your prayers have been answered. She's on her way, so she'll get here and straighten me out soon enough. But I love Proverbs 18, 20, and 21, and, and, and 21 has been a big thing. This is, this is something that our family, uh, that our family regularly, our, we, we regularly talked about growing up was the power, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat from its fruit. And there's so much truth in that, because what we say matters. What we say matters and how we say it matters. And it's important to understand that as a believer, that as a follower of Jesus, there is authority in what you say and in what you speak. God has empowered you and I as believers as the church to be his hands and feet and his mouthpiece on the earth. And when we speak, when we declare, when we say things, it ultimately has an effect on our life. And it begins to shape, it begins to cultivate our lifestyle. It begins to cultivate the way that we think. It begins to cultivate the way that we act. It begins to cultivate the way that we respond. And so my mom and dad would constantly remind us of the importance of knowing that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Why? Because it shapes the way that ultimately I believe and how I respond to my situations and my circumstances. Too many times in the body of Christ, we forget the power that we have through prayer, and we, we stop praying, and we just start hoping or wishing that it would happen. Friends, hoping and wishing is fine, but until you've applied the Word of God and the power of the Word of God in your life, nothing will change. Nothing changes until we begin to pray and we begin to declare and we begin to believe and we begin to fast and we begin to seek God and we begin to speak the revelation and the truth of what God's Word is over our situations and our circumstances, what God's Word says about our marriages, what God says about our families, what God says about our finances, what God says about our world. When we as the body of Christ, as the church, stand up and begin to declare and we begin to pray and we begin to speak 
speak the word of God, we begin cultivating a life of faith instead of cultivating a life of fear. For too long, we've settled for a life of fear instead of walking in a life of faith, and God has said no more. God has called us through his salvation and through the Holy Spirit to live a life of faith and to see what God sees, to speak what God speaks. Now, mind, mind you today, I'm not talking about a faith that tries to pretend that what you're facing, what you're going through, or what you're up against isn't real. Jesus didn't pretend that the fig tree didn't exist when he didn't see fruit. Amen? Amen? Well, there's no fruit, so we'll just pretend we didn't see that tree and we'll move to the next one. Jesus saw it, but how he responded to it made every bit of difference, and it taught us a lesson of how we respond to the seasons of our life that fail to produce the fruit, the fulfillment of the promises of God that he's spoken, that he's declared, or for his people. God is my provider. Not my, not my job, not my workplace, not my business. God is my provider. God is my provider. My protection comes from heaven. It doesn't come from the means or the resources or the things of this world. We get so wrapped up in everything that we hear and everything that we see that's happening in our world that it begins to cultivate an atmosphere of fear around our lives where faith cannot grow. And when we begin to change the dynamic of the atmosphere around us and we begin to, we begin to speak the word of God and to declare the word of God and to pray the word of God and to declare the revelation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We begin cultivating a life of faith that is not moved by the fears or the uncertainties of, these, of this world, but that is only moved by the power and the authority of God that stands firm in the revelation and the truth of what God has said and what He's spoken. So three things I want to share with you about how we can cultivate a life of faith. Number one is this. We have to stop sowing what doesn't bear fruit. Tell your neighbor, stop sowing what doesn't bear fruit. Stop sowing what doesn't bear fruit. So many times in our life, we sow things. We sow things in our life that do not bear fruit. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 7 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. What you say about your life, what you say about yourself, what you say about your spouse, what you say about your children, what you say about your finances, what you say about your health, what you say about the circumstances and the situations that are in your life will either cultivate will either cultivate a life of fear or will cultivate a life of faith. Hear me today. Speak truth to what's happening and what's taking place, but in turn, number two, speak life. If I am not speaking life in the situations and the circumstances of what's happening in my life, if I'm not declaring the Word of God and what His Word says about the situations and the circumstances that I'm in, then I will ultimately cultivate a life of fear rather than a life of faith. Fearful people are not effective in fulfilling kingdom purposes. We cannot, we cannot be effective in fulfilling the purposes and seeing the plans of God fulfilled in our lives if we're captivated by fear, if we're held captive by fear. But the moment that we begin to declare the Word of God and we begin to see the revelation and the truth of what His Word says is the moment that there's a shift that begins to happen. When we speak life, when we declare life, when we begin declaring God's Word and His promises, what happens in those moments is that we are sowing seeds that ultimately produce 
a harvest in our lives. Either they're a harvest that bears fruit or they're they're a harvest that doesn't. God did not intend for the church, for the body of Christ, to be a fruitless people. God did not call us to be fruitless people. God did not call us to live our lives in a state of constant, barely surviving. But God rather called us to be a place that is thriving, that is full of the truth and the revelation and the power of His Word. I'm thankful today to be a part of the family of God, to be a part of the body of Christ, to be a center of hope in a world that is full of hopelessness, to be a center of truth in a world full of deception, to be a center of grace in a world that's that's full of condemnation, to be a place where freedom can come from freedom from sin, where freedom from from guilt, where freedom from shame can be found in the power and the life-giving power of Jesus. I'm thankful to be in a church that is spirit-filled, that is walking by faith, that is praying, believing, giving, serving, and going in every opportunity that we have to declare the goodness of God that is not moved by what we see happening around us, but rather sees our situations, sees our circumstances, is opportunity for the glory and the goodness of God. It's what I love about what's happening with Project Rescue. While the world is shutting down around, God is breaking free those who've been enslaved. God is not moved by the circumstances or the events of this world. Because at the end of the day, He's already won. And when you know you've already won, it changes the way that you act. It changes the way that you respond. It changes the way that you, it changes the way that you live. Why? Because we're walking in the victory and the truth and the revelation of what it is that God has intended for our lives. When we begin cultivating a life of faith, what happens is more and more we begin speaking life, speaking the Word of God in the situations and the circumstances of what we face, declaring His Word. His will, His promises in a way that bring about transformation and in a way that bring about a revolution in the, in the hearts and lives of people to experience the salvation of God, the freedom, God, freedom of God and the healing of heaven. If I'm, sowing, if I'm sowing things in my life, if I'm speaking things into my life on a regular basis about my situations and my circumstances, it doesn't change long before I begin to reap the results of that. If I begin reiterating what the world is saying about the situations and the circumstances that are happening in my life, then it's not very long before I begin reaping the effects of that. Amen? You know how I know this is true? From my mom. My mom would say this to Haley and I after we'd been gone to a friend's house or we'd come home and we'd be acting out. After we'd be gone, she'd say, who have you been hanging out with? Because your attitude and your actions are not okay. And whoever you've been hanging out with, whatever you've been listening to, whatever you've been doing, it's had an effect on how you act, on how you live, on how you speak, and on what you do. And it needs to change. That's a good mama right there. Call it like it is. Amen? Speak truth. Speak truth. In love, speak truth. The purpose of that was for me to understand that the people that I the people that I surround myself with and the things that I surround myself with have have an effect. They have an influence on my life. If what you're listening to all the time is gloom and doom, it's not going to be long before you're living in a gloom and doom culture. 
if, the, if, if all you're listening to is the hopelessness and despair and the impossibility, it's not going to be long before you are filled with hopelessness, despair, and convinced that everything is impossible. My, my Bible says that with God, all things are possible. My Bible says that in Him is my healing, my provision, my protection, my peace. So why am I going to listen to what the world has to say about the situations and the circumstances of my life before first going to the Word of God and finding out what He says? Because it's in that that I can look at the situations, the lies, the deception, the attacks of the enemy, the attempts of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy and go, you know what, devil, I've got your number today. I know people may be saying it and my battle's not against flesh and blood, but I know exactly what you're up to and I know exactly what you're trying to do, and I won't settle for the lies. I know what the Word says about my family. I know what the Word says about my, about my children. I know what the Word says about my finances. I know what the Word says about my protection, and I refuse to settle for the lies. I refuse to settle for the fear. I refuse to give in to the doubt. What happens in our lives when we are sowing what doesn't bear fruit is we end up sowing doubt doubt, fear, and unbelief. It's then that we begin reaping doubt, fear, and unbelief. So what happens in our life are the moments that we do bring things to God in prayer. What we have to bring, what we have to offer to respond in that comes from a place of doubt, of fear, and of unbelief. Faith is not capable of producing the life-changing power, the life-changing transformation that it has to offer if our lives are full of doubt, fear, and unbelief. God either is who He said He is or He's not. Amen? He's either who He said He is or He's not. God is, God, the Word makes it clear, God is not a man that He should lie. His Word, His promises, and His truth are for us. So when I begin declaring the Word of God and I begin speaking the Word of God over my life, over who I am, over who God has called me to be, and I begin praying those things, I begin seeing a shift, I begin seeing a change in how I respond and how I react to the situations and the circumstances that I'm up against. Why? Because I believe that God is who he says he is. I believe that God will do what he said he would do. I stopped sowing doubt, fear, and unbelief, and I began sowing faith. I began sowing hope. I began sowing trust in the Lord, and what happens is I begin reaping the benefits of that in my life, and I begin seeing the transformation and the change that happens because the fruit that's being produced in my life is no longer a fruit that the world has access to, but it's a fruit that came divinely from heaven that has produced in my life, a confidence in the Lord, a trust in the Lord, a hope in the Lord, a faith in Jesus, and opens up the door for me to see God do what only God can do, to take the impossible situations and circumstances of my life and do the miraculous. What if God did the impossible in your situation today? What if God showed up and did what only God could do in your life today? What if the healing that you've been praying and that you've been believing for came today? What if the provision that you've been praying and that you've been believing for came today? What would happen in our lives? That what would what would the change be? There would be an excitement. There would be an, a there would be a joy. There there would be there would be a place of friends faith. <laughs> is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So I'm going to worship and I'm going to praise and I'm going to rejoice today like the healing has already come, like the provision has already come, like the promise has already come, because I know what His Word says and God does not go back on His Word. 
So I'm going to worship. What happens in my life when I begin to worship? What happens in my life when I begin to praise? What happens in my life when I begin to respond in these ways is I begin cultivating a life of faith that changes the way that I respond to my situations and ultimately I see the power of God fulfilled like never before. John chapter 6, verses 62 through 64 and the second point of speaking life, he said, then what, if you, then, what if you, then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. Belief, belief is, the, is, the, is the key to cultivating a life of faith. And when I speak life because I believe what God has said and I believe what His Word is, it changes the dynamic of my life and it changes what I begin to reap in my life because I begin to reap the fulfillment of God's, of God's Word, of His, of His blessings, of His promises in my life in incredible ways. When I cultivate a life of faith, it changes everything. It changes everything. Those are the moments that I begin to experience the hope of what God has said. And, and we are, you know, we can be the worst about, about, about creating a culture of faith in our lives and about creating a culture of, of God's, of trust in God and of believing in our lives because we can, we can so easily let the lies and the distractions of the enemy rob us of the confidence and the truth and the trust in the Word of God. You know, and a lot of that, a lot of that is evidence in how we talk about ourselves. How we talk about ourselves, how we how we talk about if there are things in our life, if there are things in our life that 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 aren't imbalanced, that aren't right, instead of instead of instead of trying to take the enemy's approach and using uh, giving in to the condemnation or giving in to the to the lies of the enemy or the guilt or the shame of the enemy, we we should respond with the truth of the word of God and what His word says about our life and what His word says about our situations. If there's something that's not right, we repent, we bring those things before the Lord, and we turn and we walk in what God has said. If there are things that we know that are out of balance that need to be brought in balance, and the Holy Spirit has showed us that, we do that. But to speak to those things and to speak down to ourselves or to to speak to a situation or speak to a circumstance. Uh, from a place of, uh, of frustration or a place of, uh, of, of pain or a place of, of shame or a place of guilt ultimately robs us of cultivating an atmosphere of faith where we can see change and transformation begin to happen in our lives. What does God want to do in your life today? What does God want to do in my life today? What does God want to do in our church today? What does God want to do in our world today? Man, how about revival in our nation like we've never seen before? How about an outpouring of the glory of God where the lost are saved, not by, not by the hundreds, not by the thousands, not by the tens of thousands, but by the millions? What, if, what, if they not just, what, what, what happens if they don't just pray a prayer, but if they fall so madly in love with Jesus that they become a committed disciple and follower of God like never before and begin walking in a life of faith? Why not? Amen? Why not? What, what, what can keep the enemy, what can keep us from, from believing what God has said and believing what God can do is the doubt, the fear, and the unbelief of what the enemy tries to sow. It's everywhere. Turn on the news. It's there. Turn on your music. It's there. Turn on social media. It's there. 
Everywhere you look, the enemy is doing everything that he can to sow the doubts of fear, of unbelief, of 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 the lack of trust and confidence in what God's Word says. But the moment that, that we begin to shift and we begin to cultivate a life of faith, that we stop sowing what doesn't bear fruit, that we begin speaking life in our situations, are the moments that we reap the harvest of God's promises. Tell your neighbor, I'm reaping, I'm reaping the harvest of God's promises. When I begin to sow what God's word says, and I begin to respond in obedience to what God says, and I begin to I begin to trust the Lord, and I begin to step out in faith. Those are the moments that I position myself to experience the blessings, the favor of God, the power of God, in incredible ways. You, you watch, you know, we watched this this incredible testimony, uh, you know, of Project Rescue, and and there wasn't a ministry out there, a church out there that didn't have those same concerns that the executive director had at the very beginning. You know, not knowing what not knowing what the future held. Every single one of us, when it came to providing for our families, paying our bills, being able to meet the the expectations and the commitments that we had, what what happens in those moments when our life is turned completely upside down? Those are one of the biggest moments where the enemy tries to use fear to to ultimately paralyze us from living and responding by faith. And the moment that we stop living and responding by faith is the moment that we stop experiencing the fulfillment of God's word and promises in our lives. It's the moment that we stop being effective and fulfilling the destiny and, and, the, and the, commission, the great commission that God gave us to share the gospel. You know, and so for us as a church, we made a decision in the very beginning. Our, our, we sat down via Zoom as a board and we made a decision that we were just going to continue, that we were going to put our trust in the Lord and that we were going to continue to give. We were going to continue to give. And, and that was motivated by that was motivated by every single person a part of this church family that continued to give that took God at his word that trusted the Lord that said Lord this is what I'm this is what I'm going to do Lord this is how this is how I'm going to respond in this moment this is how I'm going to respond in this situation and do you know that we didn't have to not only did we not have to cut a single commitment in our kingdom builders last year and you know this already but I have to share it again because I just there are times I was thinking about it yesterday cutting hedges when we were working outside and I just began praising the Lord and I just began worshiping the Lord not only did we not cut we added last year we didn't cut. We added in the middle of a chaos, in the middle of a pandemic. Somebody's got it. Somebody worship. Go on and worship. Those of you that want to be excited, be excited. The gospel's being preached in the middle. The gospel is being preached in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of my, in the middle of my storm, in the middle of my difficulty, in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the uncertainty. I am cultivating a life of faith because I am convinced that there is nothing in this world that can stop the gospel from advancing on the earth. If the body of Jesus Christ will rise up in faith and declare the good news and hold true to the word and the promise of God, healing will come, salvation will come, provision will come, protection will come. Why? Because I am not moved by what I see or what I hear in front of me. I'm moved by what the Word of God says about me. So instead of cursing my situation, complaining about my difficulties and my complaining about the impossibilities of what I face, I'm just beginning. I'm going to begin to worship and I'm going to begin to praise and I'm going to begin to pray and I'm going to begin to declare that God, I know that you are faithful and my trust is in you to the point like the Apostle Paul to say to live is Christ and to die is gain. God is fulfilling his word and his promise in my life. Man, it's exciting what God does when we trust him.
when we trust Him, when we follow after Him, when we cultivate a life of faith, when we put our trust in the Lord. It's a regular thing, you know. It's not, it's not a once-and-done deal. And I think so many times we get discouraged when it comes to cultivating a life of faith because we think, well, I thought I already conquered that fear. <laughs> well, I thought I already conquered trimming those hedges, but it turned out they grew again. If you've never been to CFA, you should come. We've got beautiful hedges. Wait about two months. No, come now. But wait about two months, and you'll see the full beauty of them. They look pretty rough right now. We had a, we had a, we had a cutting party, and we trimmed it all way back. You know, it's, it, it, it's like the dishes are never done. The laundry is never finished. You finish the laundry, and somebody throws something back in that basket. It just never stops. It just never ends. You can put it outside of the basket, but it's still dirty and it still has to be done. Right? The same is true in our life and cultivating a life of faith that God has given us. You know, there are things that we just, that we're constantly, why, and every time we're growing, you know, you, you learn a system to certain things. And you create a system and you create a plan and you, you, you learn from each one of those moments and each one of those things. And as we walk, as we, as we grow as believers, tell your neighbor, you got to grow. If you're not growing in Jesus, you're dying. You've heard the phrase, you never stop learning. Never. We never stop learning. If we're growing in Jesus, we're always learning something. God's always teaching us something. So yes, there are new seasons. Yes, there are new trials. Yes, there are new unexpected. But God's in the middle of every single one of those. And if we lean into what he said, we continue to cultivate a life of faith that when the unexpected comes, our response is not fear, but faith. Our response is not hopelessness, but it's hope. Our response is not what, what the fear of the impossibility and mistrust, but it's a complete trust in God and who he is and what he said he would do. And knowing that, you know what, God, I can't see the full picture of what it is that you're doing right now, but I know that you're faithful. I, that's what I loved about Beth Grant's uh, Beth Grant's word that she had from the Lord that she shared with their staff that day. Stay, to stay ready. To stay ready. To be, to be ready for what it is that God's going to do. To be ready for how God's going to move. So when the unexpected comes, what, I'm, what, I, what I continue to learn in my life is to sit back and go, okay, God, what are you going to do here? What are you going to do now? How can I be a part of seeing the fulfillment of what you want to do in this moment? Who's going to be saved? Who's going to be delivered? Who's going to be healed? Whose life is forever going to be changed because of this moment? Because of this encounter? Because of this season? Because of this trial? God's always got a plan. God's always got a plan. So I'm cultivating a life of faith, and I'm reaping the harvest of God's promises of his love, of his healing, of his provision, of his protection in every way, in every area of my life.